What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Friday show, not the Wednesday show. That was so two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> due to some moving around with the episodes, we decided to move this bitch to Friday. So now all the Polita talk is going to be on Fridays, hence the Friday show. Austin, which is, how are you? Which I'm doing good. But doing it on Friday is actually kind of good. It's, it gives us kind of a chance to do a like a Friday, like end of the week wrap up, like a kind of situation where we were kind of stuck in the middle of the week where most legislation doesn't get done till Thursday or Friday. So we were a week late on everything. So moving it now is going to give us a chance to cry about things that are a little bit more um, important. <laughs> no, I agree. Like this gives us a chance to get all our information together and give people some shit to think about for the weekend. And then Monday they can go to work and listen to some, you know, plain old pop culture and shit. <laughs> yeah, we'll depress you into going into your weekend, but make sure you don't kill yourself on Monday. Yeah, Monday's the fun day. Friday's definitely the day where you got to think about decisions you got to make in regards to your freedom and, you know, BLM. And, well, we're not going to get into that yet, but you get the point. Um, a little announcement for those that haven't been following my Facebook. Um, your boy just tested positive for COVID. By, like, just tested, I mean, like, yesterday. So, <laughs> I've been feeling kind of shitty since Sunday. Uh, I feel fine now. This uh, shit really isn't what it was fucking, I don't know, like prepped up to be, I guess. Like, everybody hyped this shit up, and I really don't feel that bad. I've had colds worse than this. I just get a lot of chills and body aches, but I'm surviving. But, yeah, COVID finally got a hold of me. Yeah, I'm, uh, what I had, what I got coronavirus i didn't have i didn't get hit too bad either but um the the worry is less about how we're gonna take it more of like oh my god my daughter or oh my god my grandma dude for real like i've been sitting here freaking out because you know all of us are quarantined in this house so chanel has it not just me so now the chances of olivia and aubrey catching it are like 90 percent but we talked to a doctor and they're like, you know, kids handle it a whole lot better. It's almost like a cold to them. I mean, some of them, they don't even show symptoms. So just keep an eye on them. And really all we're seeing thus far is Aubrey has a cough and a fever, but she's still crawling all over, smiling, eating food and just being herself. Yeah. Um, the talk it was about the, like for really small kids, like Aubrey being super small. Yeah. Like, it's super rare for them to even get it, let alone feel any kind of... Right. Excitement. And that's what, that's what they were saying with Olivia. They're like, she's probably not going to feel much if she does catch it. She may feel a little clammy, you know, achy, but they said she's really not going to... It's not going to affect her as much, or it shouldn't anyway. I mean, I kind of thought it would put me on my ass, but really, i just been tired a lot. That's about it. But uh, aside from the uh, Wuhan Weezer... We do got some important stuff we got to discuss. Uh, I've been really wanting to get into this too. Um, you know, Derek Chauvin and um, a couple other things. Austin, buddy, we kind of started talking about this with your dad on uh, our last episode, but I think we should kind of really start. Good from the episode. Beginning. If y'all have not seen it, go watch it. Absolutely. I called it Platoon Days. I was going to call it uh, Platoon, Rollis, and Now, but that just seemed too campy. So. I had to change that. <laughs> but uh, no, let's start all over on the topic so people kind of know where we're coming from. We're going to go ahead and uh, 
dive into something that's mm, a long time, long time overdue, also kind of old, old news. Um, George Floyd. The reason we're bringing it up is just with the trial that's been going on. Uh, Austin and I kind of have our reservations about how that was handled. Austin, I'll let you kind of fill everyone in on what happened and really what we think is uh, the issue here, what we think went wrong. Well, firstly, the main issue is that the entire case is going to get thrown out, probably. Um, you really think so? Yeah, so it's going to. I think it's going to get appealed, and then the whole case is going to get declared a mistrial. Right. Because you cannot tell me that. So the judge never sequestered the jury, which means the jury weren't isolated, so they could watch the news and they were and they could keep up with the case and keep up with like pop culture and things that were going on. Right. And so you cannot tell me that one of the most senior members of Congress standing on the steps of the Capitol yelling and screaming about how George Floyd was murdered and how they don't convict him and the people need to go out and create violence in the community. Um, the fact that this jury lived in Minneapolis where the riots would ha be happening and their names were not um, private. Right. So just imagine for a second, you're on that jury. Everyone knows what your name, everybody knows who you, what your name is. And by having your full name, they could find your address and um, where you live, where you work, all that stuff. So now imagine you're on that jury. One of the senior members of Congress is sitting outside of the Capitol, outside of the courthouse, screaming about how people need to fight and get in people's faces and need to be more uh, violent and such. And you're inside and you know that if you, if the jury does not convict him completely, they will burn your house down. They will assault your you, your family, your children, your wife or husband. And that it's all based on the decision whether you make whether to convict or not. You cannot tell me that that does not affect how the jury votes. No, I agree. A lot of it was a big fucking show, a big play on, especially with psychopath waters. Anyways, keep going. So the fact that that happened, the fact that the jury was not sequestered, uh, the fact that third degree or that um, third degree murder was allowed into this case, even though there's zero room for third degree murder. Uh, third degree murder is when. Um, you say, for instance, drive a car through a crowd of people. You're not specifically targeting one person to kill them, but you are targeting that group and you're not doing it intentionally kill one person, but someone dies while you're doing it. You had right. a disregard for everyone's lives, knowing that if you drove into that crowd, it would kill somebody. Uh -huh. That's... So you need to explain somebody needs to explain anybody who disagrees with me, please explain to me how Derek Chauvin targeted a group of people, targeted a large amount of people and was not did not target an individual person. Yes. Because exactly. from what I see, because from what I see, 
even if you want to say he targeted George Floyd, it's still an individual person. He can't be charged with third-degree murder for targeting one person. Right. No, there's a reason they went for that. And then they have sick, then they have felony man, then they have felony murder, second degree murder. Felony murder where you have to that is if say I go to rob a bank, Tony and I go rob a bank, um someone comes in and shoots somebody, not us, but we were committing the felony and someone died, whether we are directly responsible for the death or not, because we were committing the felony that led down the line to them dying, we are held responsible for that murder. That's felony murder. But in order to be charged with felony murder, you have to be committing a... Exactly. A felony. You have to be completing a felony, yes. And you but... need to explain to me what felony was Derek Chauvin committing when he was arresting George Floyd. Even if you believe yeah. that he was... Um, grossly irresponsible, and that he was, and that he had malintent when doing it. What felony was he? Um, was he? Uh, was he um, doing in order to? What felony was he committing in order to cause to charge him with felony murder? And then finally, he was convicted of manslaughter, which is. Um, when someone dies based on because of your disregard for their life, which I could hear an argument for that Derek Chauvin had disregard for George Floyd's life, and George Floyd died because of that disregard. As the only, the only um charge that he was convicted on that I can even fathom to sit down and consider. Well, and the thing that bothers me the most is how this is, again, just being portrayed as racist white cop kills black man. That annoys the hell out of me when they do that, especially because there's nothing in that video. There's nothing in the trial. There's no evidence of any sort that suggests this is a, a race crime. That's highly insane to me. I don't understand where that comes from. But then again, that's, it, it, you know, it's part of a show. That's what they do to put on that. They want you to think that cops are racist, especially the white ones. That's just, that's part of the agenda they have. But it drives me nuts that that's how it's being portrayed. That's how it's being printed in the magazines or that's how it's reported online. It shit just drives me fucking nuts. I don't, I don't know. I've asked people, you know, can you please explain to me where there is any sign of racism here in this crime? Let's disregard the fact that a um, <clears throat> thug was killed. Well, not even killed. He pretty much killed himself. I'm going to say it. I don't care who gets mad. He took enough fentanyl to murder his own self. Even more than that, actually, we'll not get into that. But what I'm getting at is the fact that let's disregard the fact that he took all those drugs. He ended up dying on Derek's watch. Let's forget all of that. Where in there is a racist, is a a hate crime committed. Is it because he's a white cop and it's a black man that he killed? And if so, how was, I mean, how, how exactly does that make sense? That's what doesn't make sense to me. I feel like this is really just, again, a way to kind of target an audience, especially to try to tell an audience. Go ahead. And what pisses me off is they take this exact case, this case, and then 
that they sit here and they talk about this as a indictment on America at large. Um, right, and it's if, like they're fucking poster boy. Yeah, even if you want to say, "Oh well, uh, Derek Chauvin was racist," just because one, and which I don't believe there's any evidence that Derek Chauvin is a racist. I but, don't either. Yeah, but even if you say that, it's illogical to take one man's actions and make it a reflection of the entire country. Well, especially a reflection of the of the police department across the country. Like, that's the shit that bothers me the most. You got all these cases, specifically like these, where they portray that as that's all cops. That's just fucking insane. There's no way that anybody out there can actually believe that one cop's disregard for another person's life, or whatever you want to call it, is pretty much what they all look like, or how they all act. You can't tell me that's how all cops are. That's like saying that every fucking person that died was a criminal. Like, dude, that doesn't really make sense. Sometimes shit happens. Okay, they're not, not all of them were criminals, just like not all of these cops were racist. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. There's more to the story, and the problem is, is people don't ask the questions. All they see is, white cop kills black man. It's never police officer took the life of a criminal during a robbery or vice versa. Right, and it's I, it's absolutely horrendous. But everyone knows that this whole Derek Shove thing, how it's going to go down, now it's going to get appealed a bunch of times, and it's definitely going to get thrown I think it's going to get thrown out. And then, oh my God, be ready for the riots after it gets completely thrown out. All the fucking protests that are going to come with it. Yeah. I'm just waiting for that. That's going to be fucking awesome. I just, I love when we have to board up businesses and people have to stay in their homes in fear of their own neighbors destroying their own neighborhoods out of anger. That's what doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you target your area? Why would you destroy the building of the guy next door that worked his ass off to have that building put there, to have that business in place? And what's absolutely they, crazy is that the the businesses they're destroying aren't white-owned businesses. They're not rich white businesses. No. They're, they're absolutely black-owned businesses. They're black-owned, yeah. They're going to these majority black cities, these majority black neighborhoods, and destroying the area because it's a bunch of privileged white um, college students who don't care about black people and only care about about um, showing that they are the most woke among amongst all their friends. Exactly, dude. They're nothing but a bunch of fucking weekend warriors, which is hilarious because you hear that word dropped a lot by all those social justice warriors, but that's all they are, man. They're just, they're trying to make it look like they care. They're trying to make it look like they can make a difference, but they're not, they don't care about any of these people that are being hurt. They don't care about any of the real issues that are going on. They use that to their advantage. It's just like Antifa, dude. It's a group of fucking people that they use fascist tactics to do fascist shit so they can stop fascism. How ironic. It's all virtue signaling. That's all it is, yeah. little white friends. That's all it is. So you know what's crazy, man? I'm not one to blame a race for anything. I, I really don't think it's right to say, oh, fuck this type of, <laughs> these type of people, but I will say this. The people that bother me the most are 
racist white liberals. They're the groups. They're the group of people that bothers me the most. I just don't like saying that because then it sounds like I am trying to say all of them are racist. And that's not the case. It's just white liberals happen to be extremely racist. Um, I mean, so many of them are incredibly racist. It, it's oh, like yeah. all these, they just just boil it down to the simplest thing in 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 the biggest talking point in America is voter ID laws, right? Right. We as conservatives are like, hey. Having voter ID laws are good. Everybody can. Everybody has an ID. Everybody can get an ID. Just prove it's you. But white, racist white liberals scream, oh, black people are too stupid to do anything without us handing it to them. Black people are too dumb to get an ID. Black people are too poor and stupid to do anything without me coddling them and holding their hand. It's, it's the horrible white knight syndrome that started... That started back when the millennials started. This whole women are too quiet and too dumb. Are, the white knights started out on online where oh, women are too stupid or women are too quiet or women are too shy to speak out for themselves. So I'm going to come in as a man and defend her. Right, and we all exactly. recognize how horrible and stupid that is now. And liberals will yell and scream about it, but then they'll turn right around and say the exact same thing. But instead about women, it's middle class, rich white um, twat monkeys running around <laughs> online saying black people are too stupid to make an argument for themselves. So I have to make an argument for them. So I have to talk for them. Right. And that's frustrating to me how a whole community of people can't see through that. Like, I really don't like being told because I'm a minority. I am unable to do this and that. That bothers the hell out of me, just as much as being told I'm a victim because I'm a minority. That the shit issue, is so scary. But but the issue is, is people enjoy being coddled and babied. It makes oh, yeah. their life easy. It gives them and it gives people an excuse when they fall flat in their face. They have an excuse, and it, that that's the issue. Um, it's it's about it's less about individual it's more it's less about like communal standards and and conservatives make this dumb argument all the time it's all about culture no it's about on an individual basis people don't like to take responsibility for their actions so if you give them an opportunity to blame it on something else on somebody else they're going to do it no matter who you are well exactly and it's every it's in every culture everyone does it so at some point everyone does it i mean Look at fucking LeBron James. And he's the most entitled fucking person in that whole industry. Not to mention a huge piece of shit. I love, these videos, to... on, I love these videos on TikTok now where police officers are going up to um, crime scenes and they hold on. I got to call LeBron James real quick and see what I do. He goes, hey, LeBron, <laughs> there's a dude stab. There's a dude with a knife. He's stabbing someone. Should what I, do like, I do? shoot him? He goes, wait, what does that matter? Yeah, yeah, LeBron, they're both black. Yeah, but one of them's gonna die. One's gonna stab one. What do you mean, drive away, <laughs> dude? It's true though, because he makes a point. Black lives only seem to matter when it's being when they're being murdered by white cops. Yeah, exactly. Which is so fucking stupid to me. How they don't see how racist that statement is, anyway. But you know how it is. Um, it's a double standard. Um, one of the biggest crock of shit groups out there is Black Lives Matter. It's one of the biggest fucking lies we've ever had and i'll say it black lies matter that's what that is but not just that now you've got all the virtue signaling that companies do and 
I'll be honest, I'm tired of hearing about how bad cops are from fucking Apple and Amazon and everywhere I go. This shit has gotten out of control. Can't even yeah. celebrate cops on fucking kids' TV shows. Yeah, it's, it's so absolutely stupid because what it boils down to is Democrats don't like cops because Democrats know more cops means less crime. Less crime means prospering communities. Prospering communities mean they don't vote for Democrats because Democrats cause um, poverty. It's what they yeah. do. Yeah, right. They, they hold be- money in front of you and keep you in poverty. Yeah, because because what what Democrats do is Democrats are a bunch of dirty, uh, crooked bureau- bureaucrats, and bureaucrats only feel uh. And bureaucrats only feel special when they're needed. And so what they do is they build this never-ending circle of you have a problem. You need them. They give you stuff, which causes a problem, which means that you have to go back to them. And it's a constant circle. So they constantly feel needed, and they constantly feel power. Right. That's all Democrats are. They're a bunch of horrible, power-grabbing losers. And there's any Democrat out there who's sitting in the, who's sitting and thinking, "Oh, I'm doing good for the black community." Blah blah. How about you visit uh, the black community once, just once, and ask them how they feel? Because a vast majority of black Americans want more cops, not less cops. Well, that's ultimately what it takes: is more policing to keep them areas safe. But you know what? I think it's to the point where I fully support police officers that want to quit and walk away because they this country doesn't deserve them anymore, especially with all this bullshit. Let those areas fall apart and let them find out it is too late. The only thing that makes me more afraid than anything is that the Democratic Party will find a way to twist that and say Republicans are the reason that those cops walked away from you. You know that's how it would go. That's why Republicans have to not give them the opportunity. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Because if you look at the Republican Party, dude, they give those Democrats so much fucking control over everything. It's not just Republicans, too, dude. It's like Libertarian Party. It's a lot of that shit. They just give Democrats so much control. And it's not even in just, you know, politics. It's everywhere you go. It's the schools and the media, Hollywood, music industry. It's... They give these people too much fucking power, especially these people that watch movies that are basically designed for entertainment, not for you to have a say in how it's made, especially when it's another person's vision. But they give these people that want to feel coddled and entitled, they give them this power. And it's again, it's not just Republicans, it's everybody. At some point, we got to start saying no. We have to stop being so afraid of saying no. Cops, not all cops are racist murderers. We need to start defending our law enforcement. And hell, we need to start saying that most cops are not racist murderers. And just because a cop kills a black, just because a white cop kills a black um, doesn't doesn't mean he's racist. Doesn't mean that it was an act of racism. And and the issue is that people, what, what happens is being called racist is one of the worst things that you can do be called in america so people try to steer away from it but what you have to do is start is start fighting back against the lies if you're not racist i love ben shapiro 
But Ben Shapiro says when someone calls you racist, you ignore them. You don't even um, you don't even acknowledge the um, you don't even acknowledge the insult. No, I was, I was just take, about to bring that up. Yeah, you need to take that um accusation head on. Say I'm not a racist. You're an you're an you're an ass. Well, and Ben Shapiro said it best when he said that. Um, there will never be a conversation where I explain to you why I'm not a racist. That's the conversation for morons. And I think what he meant was just like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, my friends are black, you know, like, cause people do do that, but that's what they get afraid of as they step in that. And you're right. It sucks being called racist because it's like the worst thing that could ever happen. You're like literally the pedophile in the room. And then you got to sit there and figure out how can you defend yourself without making yourself sound more racist. In my opinion, fight back and tell them, how dare you, dude? How fucking dare you insult me like that? You don't even fucking know me. Name a single position I have that's racist. Right. Because I know 432 positions of yours that are embedded in deep racism. I know that the party that you follow is was is it was a major player of racism. I know the party that I'm registered, that I vote for, that I've worked for, was founded in order to stop stop um, slavery. And it was your party that fought tooth and nail to make sure um, to make sure that slavery was legal. That fought tooth and nail to make sure the Civil Rights Act didn't pass, and fought tooth and nail to ensure that slave cropping, segregation, uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, all maintained a status quo in America. It was Republicans that fought you every step of the way. Right. And it's it the Democratic Party. And it's because of Republicans, the Republican Party, that there are. Freedom is what it is. Republicans fought for women's right to vote. They fought for blacks' right to vote. They have they fought to end slavery. They fought to end sharecropping. They and it just baffles me that people have such a small understanding of history. They don't understand that that they don't. So many people don't understand that Abraham Lincoln, the first Republican president, was a Republican. Right, and they don't understand that he played a big part in ending slavery. But they, they want to they want to destroy a statue, and they don't get that the Democratic Party is the one that played a big role in founding the KKK. Many different things, but for some reason they don't fucking know this stuff. They don't know that Frederick Douglass was a Republican, or that Martin Luther King Jr. was a Republican. And that, right. The history of civil rights has been embedded in in the blood of the Republican Party forever. And so when Democrats try to come in and say, oh, we're the battler for civil rights and blah, 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 your founder was Andrew Jackson. Who right. Marched, who was responsible for the largest displacement of Native Americans in American history. Yes, exactly. But they don't was- know that. It was Democrat governors who stood in the in those um, doorways of segregating schools and said segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Those were Democrats that still said that. But they still do. They just call white people racist for not wanting to accept black people being segregated in their own area on their own terms. Which is crazy, again, that people don't see that. You know... It's, it's, and like one of the most notorious racists in American history, George Wallace, 
who stood who stood in the doorway of Little Rock, the high school in Little Rock, Arkansas, during when the Little Rock Five went to um, integrate, and our Republican president, Dwight Eisenhower, had to send the National Guard to force the integration. George Wallace stood in the doorway and blocked those kids with his arms crossed, and he was a Democrat. Right. Fucking crazy ass country that we're living in, man. You know, it's it's not too surprising though. You can't let it surprise you too much because remember, these are the same groups of people that don't know why World War II is a thing, like why we got involved. A lot of them don't even know what the Holocaust was. Most of them don't even know what the Soviet Union was. They don't teach it anymore. And it's like my, one of my favorite quotes about the, the whole situation is um Martin Luther King it said I'm pulling the exact um quote up here do, 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 do. Maybe if I can find it holy lord No you're fine while you're doing that let's um, take a minute I'm, to hear I'm, about our sponsorship here I'm Well I'm absolutely retarded it's not um MLK it's Malcolm X who said it so all you crazy white retards who like Malcolm X, you can take this right to the heart. Um, the white liberal is the worst enemy to America and the worst enemy to the black man. Let me explain what I mean by the white liberal. In America, there is no such thing as Democrat or Republican anymore. In America, you have liberals and conservatives. The only people living in the past who think in terms of I'm a Democrat or Republican is the American Negro. He's the one that must run around bragging about party affiliation. He's the one that sticks to the Democrat or sticks to the Republican. But white people are divided in two groups, liberals and conservatives. The Democrats who are conservative vote with Republicans who are conservative. The Democrats who are liberal vote with Republicans that are liberal. The white liberal aren't white people who are for independence, who are moral and ethic in their thinking. They're just a faction of white people who are jockeying for power. The same as the white conservative is a faction of white people that are jockeying for power. They are fighting each other for power and prestige, and the one that is and the one that is the football in the game is the Negro and twenty million black people. A political football, a political pawn, an economic football. Um he goes on to says, um, getting um blah 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 that liberals are getting symphony of Negroes, getting the allegiance of the Negro and getting mind of Negro, blah blah blah. The Negro sides the white liberal, and the white liberal uses the Negro against the conservative. So that anything that the Negro does is never for his own good, never for his own advancement, never for his own progress. He's only in the pawns of the hand of a white liberal. The worst enemy the Negro has is the white man that runs around drooling at the mouth, professing his love to Negroes, and calling himself a liberal. In the following these white liberals that has perpetuated problems that Negroes have, if the Negro wasn't taken, tricked, or deceived by the white liberal, the Negroes would have would ha, would get together and solve our own problems. I only cite these things to show you that in America, the history of the white liberal has been nothing but a series of trickery designed to make Negroes think that the white liberal is going to solve our problems. Our problems will never be solved by a white man. The only way that our problems will be solved is when the black man wakes up, cleans himself up, stands on his own two feet, stops begging the white man, takes immediate steps to do for ourselves the things that we have been waiting on the white man to do for us. And he goes on and talks about how um, conservatives can be dangerous, but conservatives are open about what they want. Liberals hide behind the guise of 
being um, good to black men and use it as a guise to um, hurt them more than even conservatives do. Um, he says that conservatives aren't um, conservatives are like wolves. They show their teeth and snarl. That keeps the, the Negro always aware of where he stands with them. But the white liberal are foxes who also show their teeth to Negro but pretend that they are smiling. As white liberals are more dangerous than conservatives, they lure the Negro. As the Negro runs from the growling wolf, he flees at the open jaws of the smiling fox. One is the wolf, the other is a fox. No matter what they do, they'll both eat you. That's Malcolm X. So, um, I think a good core middle part of this is really true, where it is jockeying for power. Yeah, you, when you get into political circles, you talk here all the time. People talking about the black vote, the um, the Hispanic vote, blah blah blah. Well, I think what we need to do is start treating people like individuals on a government level, on a political level, on a personal level. You treat every person not as a member of a group. But as an individual, your own person, your your own um, relationships are going to improve. But your relation, but your relationship with other people and your relationships with other groups of people, because every person wishes to be treated as an individual, not as a member of an overlining group. Which is why Democrats are so dangerous. They hate individualism. They want everyone to be reliant on their group and that group reliant on the government. The the only the issue that just boils down to it, people, is that you need to recognize that you're an individual and you have responsibilities. And if you make the right decisions, you go to school, you go, you graduate from high school, you get a job, you get married. And, and with the exception of very few and without the risk and without disabilities or um, harmful um, other very rare circumstances, you are going to succeed. You will do better than your parents did. And that's the glory of America. But liberals hate that. Liberals and especially Democrats and leftists. Leftists are the worst. They absolutely despise the financial, the economic mobility that America has. Socialists and communists absolutely hate the fact that someone who at the beginning of the year can be in the lower class and homeless by the end of the year can be in the upper 10%. In America, in the course of a year, communists and socialists absolutely hate it, and they are doing everything they can to destroy it and to end it. It's why they're going to first, they first decided they're going to destroy the family. Remove the father from the household, remove the mother from the household, make single parenthood glorified. Communists, check. Next, they're going to destroy your community by filling it with crime, removing police, making your community feel isolated, ensuring that you are not bound together by what makes all of us Americans. 
and a love for freedom. Instead, you feel like the only way that you can align yourself is through race and social class. The Dem- liberals are going to continue to make it harder and harder and harder to leave your social class. To ensure that you are stuck where you are. And the only place to go is south. Because if you feel like you're in a position where you can't get out of your own situation, you're more liable to accept government help and to be reliant on the government. And when the government and you when you are reliant on the government, the government can control everything you do. A government big enough to give you all that you want is big enough to take it all away. And that is the end goal for socialists in America. To make you not reliant on family, not reliant on community, not reliant on your church, not reliant on your state government, but reliant on a strong, overpowering federal government. So when the time comes for them to begin the violations of freedom, you have to now decide Do I feed my child or do I stand up for freedom? Do I pay my mortgage or do I stand for liberty? Do I stand for the Constitution or do I get to keep my car and my electricity and my water? The being overly reliant reliant on the government is exactly what Democrats want. And Tony, I know this has got a little preachy, but it's very important that we have this conversation because what people have to understand is what the true goal is. And traditional liberals in the Democrat Party, if you're listening to this, run as fast as you can. You have to fight these crazy leftist socialists. In your party. They're destroying your party. Joe Biden. Has been in the presidency. For nearly a hundred days now. He's at 52% approval rating. 52%. We are seeing an economic growth. We're seeing the greatest pandemic. In a century. Fizzling out. And being healed. We are seeing. Jobs coming back to communities. And he's getting credit for that. But he's still 52%. Because what people cannot get over. Are people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And Joe Biden. And Kamala Harris. And Bernie Sanders. Being at the forefront of your party. Pushing radical. Socialist. Communist. Policies. They're releasing the Green New Deal again. Under this, how is that going to be effective for your party? You, you, bulldog Democrat, you, your Truman Kennedy Democrats, who care about America and care about freedom and who love the flag, but disagree with me on tax rates. It's okay, we could disagree on tax rates, but you cannot pretend that this horrible. Raw overreach of government is good for America, your state, or your party. Because it isn't. They're going to destroy your party. Republicans fight 
radical, crazy Republicans and kick them out, like Steve King. They alienate them. They primary them. They get them out. Democrats embrace the craziest, most radical among them. And it's going to lead to the downfall of the Democrat Party. If they continue to go down the same path, then a Republican will be elected in 2024. They'll run. They'll get reelected in 2028. And if you continue to embrace them, they'll win in 20. They'll win, run in 2042 and 2046. You'll see Republican backlash like you've never seen, and moderate backlash because moderates don't like this either. But now, Republicans, you're listening to this being excited. Don't screw it up. Don't nominate bloated, proud losers to be your presidential candidates. Which means in 2024, if Trump runs again, don't make him your nominee. Because he lost you two Senate seats in Georgia. He is too proud to admit that he failed. We need to be responsible when it comes to legislation. We need to be responsible when it comes to the people we are nominating. And we need to be far more responsible than the people we elect. And it's only going to take leaders, moderate leaders in both parties, to fight against the most radical, crazy, bug-eyed lunatics in the party. I was just saying, dude, like, honestly, I don't understand how that can be appealing to someone. It's the loss of creativity, the loss of thought, the loss of everything. You no longer have any control of what you do or say. Is all that really worth the money to you? Like, how can anyone find these ideas to be in any way, shape, or form, progress or freedom. None, socialism and communism are pretty much the same thing. There is no freedom in them. So why are people falling for it like it's the grand slam idea? I never understood that. I know it starts in early age for sure, and, dude, they fucking definitely start with the home. I mean, it all comes from the TV. I used to not be a big believer in the whole what comes from TV is like what controls you, but... I'm starting to believe it, man, because kids get fucking, they listen to TV, they watch shit on their iPads and all that, and they believe what they're being told. It is so easy to shape and condition children into what we have now, these little pussy-ass social justice warriors. I just don't get how it's that appealing. Yeah, it, it just finally boils down to... That again, like I said, people enjoy having a scapegoat. Well, yeah, no they gotta likes, have a place to go to. No one likes to take. No one likes to admit that. Oh, the reason I'm a failure is because I knocked some chick up in high school, and I shouldn't have done that. It's much well, the, easier to say I'm poor because I'm black, or I'm Hispanic, or I'm white, or I'm whatever. And I'm living in this community that hates my kind and they don't like me. And so all the decisions I made aren't my fault. They're society forcing certain opinions and views on me. It's easier to admit it that way. 
Well, it's, it's easier to blame people, nature. yeah. It's easier to say, like, you know, I'm I'm in debt now because of the rich white man, the capitalist roomie, because I went to school for five years for a liberal arts degree, and now I'm just a socialist. Like, like it's easy. Underwater basket weaving um, um, thing, and now I can't basket weave underwater because of HIPAA violations. <laughs> it's fucking crazy to me, though, man, how we become so reliant on this idea that the government can solve everything. When the fuck has the government ever been able to do anything properly? The scariest, the scariest words in world history. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yes. A hundred percent. Look at other nations that have had this issue. Name another country that has done it better than us with government. And I'm talking the countries where the government has complete control. I know plenty of fucking people that fled Russia in the 90s, man. They're like literally my age, maybe a little bit older. They left because they were afraid to be in a place where they couldn't get food for their family. They couldn't do the things they wanted to do. They couldn't make any progress within themselves, even though they had the skills to do so. Because the government held a gun to their head and told them, no. This is what you get. This is how much you make. And they fled those. And Maria, if you're watching, I'm stealing your story. But um, I have a friend who, named Maria Guzman Del Weiss. She's a little bit older, and she's from. She's originally from Cuba. Oh, so she knows all about this. Um, she tells the story of her coming to America was um, when she lived in Cuba. She was very afraid uh, because at night. Her house was next to an alleyway. And the alleyway, her bedroom was against the wall on the alleyway. And she used to sleep on the wall against this big concrete brick wall. And she could hear at nighttime people lining up on the outside of her wall and a firing squad shooting and killing them on the other side of her wall. That's awful, man. Absolutely terrified. So one day, her father... um, Uh, Castro decided to come for her father. So her family decided that they were going to leave. But if they all left, then they'd be suspicious. But if Maria's mom, Maria's dad, and Maria and her sister left, and their grandma left, but left their grandfather, they wouldn't be suspicious. The grandfather could take the punishment for the father and um, they could pro- they would be able to escape Cuba, right? And so, before they left, she went to say goodbye to her grandfather, and her grandfather put a little, like a small cock, you know, those cocktail flags that they put in drinks. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Put a small. She he put a small little Cuban flag in her hand before she left, and she asked Grandpa, Grandpa. Papa, Papa, what is this for? And he told her that it's like so that you never forget what you ran from. Oh, 100%. And put it in her hand. They left, and they knew by the end of the night that her grandfather was killed by the communists in Cuba. They then made their way to Florida, where her grandmother, a few years later, was on her deathbed in the hospital. And... Um, Maria walked up to her 
and she put a little American flag into the hand of, of Maria as a child. And Maria asked her grandma, what is this for? And she said, so you never forget what's worth fighting for. And it is the, one of the most impactful stories. And the rumor is from her is that she told this to President Trump and President Trump teared up and cried over. Well, it's it's definitely sad, man, especially because it's, it makes you really think about it. We have nowhere else to go. And so we, in Maria's house, on a, in a, in a, a framed picture is a little American flag and a little Cuban flag. So she remembers every day when she goes out to fight for freedom, she remembers what she ran for and what is worth fighting for. And um, she's one of the best volunteers in the entire state. She does more, so much work for the party. It's, it's amazing. But that just goes to show you that communism and socialism isn't the nice, fun thing that people talk about. It's not. It's never worked anywhere. Nobody. It, it's crazy, though. You say that, and then these people are like, well, it hasn't been done properly. Or that wasn't the that wasn't democratic socialism. And you're like, dude, what the fuck is the difference? Look at all the evidence around you. You really want to try this again? Yeah, I mean, you've got, cause, you, you know, look, it's just look, it's never worked. Look at the top ten um, dictators by Kilkin, right? Right. Um, so number one, can you 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 know who the worst dictator in America in world history is? It was uh, Stalin, right? Or Chi? Mao Zedong of the People's Republic of China. Okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. He killed between 49 and 78 million people. So there's one communist. Mm -hmm. Number two is Joseph Stalin with 23 million of people. And the way they teach these fucking kids is that these guys are heroes. So pathetic. Joseph Stalin, a horrible, horrible dick. Communist dictator. We got two communists. We have a socialist at number three in Adolf Hitler, and seventeen million people dead. Uh, Leopold of Belgium, not too much. Um, Hideki Tojo, not so much. Not so much. Oh, here we go. Another right, another communist. Pol Pot with one point seven million um, killed. Jesus. Oh, here we go. How another communist. Sad, man. Kim Il Sung, one point six million killed. So, um, that is how many? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five socialists slash communists. Half of all of the worst dictators in American history are communists. Right. So explain to me how that's supposed to work. That's not even talking about Nicolas Maduro, who's currently in power, or the Castros who are currently in power, or... It's it's it is just baffles me that people can see and think that communism or socialism is remotely a good idea. No, I know. It's hear these stories, or you actually read your fucking history book, and you think like, how could anyone ever think that's an okay idea? Why would you want to give somebody power? Because the biggest thing at the end of the day is socialism. Basically, all comes down to this: you are trusting. A person with that much power 
having faith in the idea that they will not turn it against you. That's scary because human beings in nature can be evil. Not all, but a good majority. That's just human beings in nature are able to do different things. We can't just assume that somebody's going to come in and not take advantage of that power. It's crazy that they're like, oh, no, it'll be fine. It's it's never been done properly. Like, are you fucking kidding me? But you know what, though, at the same time, it is so easy to be a teenager and see it and want to rebel. Because let's be honest, that's what most of these kids are. They're college kids. They're teenage kids. They're kids that kind of feel like they don't have anything. They're entitled little brats. They want a virtue signal. They want to be a part of what's in. So they go to rebel. And rebelling just happens to be saying, fuck my country. I'm going to just give in because it sounds cool. In a nutshell. So, it's sad. Um... One of my favorite quotes in American history, there's a lot of argument over who said it. We know that um, Gerald Ford said it, but he probably got it from somewhere else. Um, some people say Thomas Jefferson said it, but there's a lot of, um, there's quite a lot of evidence that he was not him who said it. It's from a really old book, like in 19, like 1875, looks like in print in 1953. But right. it is a government big enough to give you everything you want is a government big enough to take away everything you have. Right. We mentioned it earlier, but yeah. 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 It's it, it and I know I say it a lot. I probably have said it in other um things, but it is It's true. It's true. It is so it is the most true thing. I have a sticky note on my desk with that exact quote. So when I'm sitting and I'm looking at the policy and I think, this is a good idea. That, um, we could do this, this, and this with this. And then my head turns and I see it and I go, no. Well, right, exactly. I mean, look at some of the politicians throughout history that have said things that are very reminiscent of what, what is going on now. It's almost like they were trying to warn us. I mean, I can't remember if it was Lincoln who said it or I don't remember what president said it. And I could be wrong if it was a president that said it, but... The quote goes something along the lines of, um, if we ever, uh, America will not be destroyed from outside forces. Uh, damn it. Hold on. I'm already saying it wrong. Basically, it's America. If it's ever destroyed, it will not be from outside forces. It'll be because we destroyed ourselves. In a nutshell, that's what the quote is. It's not 100%, but yeah. so, I want to uh, say that was either Lincoln or I don't know fucking who, but it's powerful shit yeah um so that is um kind of right um he's um it's paraphrased i don't know the exact um i'm I'm pulling up just to double check that i'm not saying retarded things well i'm pretty sure people have said it numerous times yeah america will never be destroyed from the outside if we lose our freedoms it'll because we have destroyed ourselves from within is the yes. exact quote from Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I, Lincoln said something like that. Exactly. Right, and that's powerful shit. You think about that, and you're like, damn. And then you had Reagan that said something about uh, communism coming in the form of liberalism or whatever, uh, essentially stating that that's going to be the time where we need to be concerned. And he was kind of right. <laughs> you can think what you want about Reagan, but look what's going on right now. You got 
hate liberal, leftist, whatever you want to call it, spouting about socialism and communism, calling you a racist because you love your country, destroying yeah, I mean, the home. But, you know. And, um, and Reagan always said that um, freedom is only one generation away, so every generation is responsible for the protection of it. But I, I think the biggest tale is what Vladimir Lenin said in, 19, in the early 1920s. He said, first we will take Eastern Europe, then the masses of Asia will encircle the last bastion of capitalism, the United States of America. We will not need to fight it. It will fall as a ripe fruit into our hands. It must practice coexistence with other nations until we are strong enough to take over by means of world revolution. We are not pacifists. Conflict is inevitable. Great political questions can be solved by only through violence. It is inconceivable that communism and capitalism can exist side by side. Inevitably, one must perish. Right. And it's kind of true. Look at how people are given into it. People are, like, loving and loathing. They just, they hear socialism and communism, and they think, this is the next step. And then Nikita Khrushchev, the former um, general secretary of the USSR, said, we cannot expect Americans to jump from capitalism to communism, but we can assist their elected leaders in giving Americans doses of socialism till they suddenly awake to find out they have communism. Right. And right. what do we do when it's, you know, when it's hit us and there's, it's too late, you know, like we can't go nowhere. We can't do uh, nothing. And then finally, Norman Thomas, uh, the um, presidential candidate for the United States Socialist Party said, the American people will never knowingly adopt socialism, but under the name of liberalism, they'll adopt every fragment of the socialist program until one day America will be a socialist nation without knowing how it happened. Yep, exactly. It's not just a philosophy, it's a fucking forceful way of life. And, you know, it's uh, it's nuts to me, too, um, how even teachers could buy into this bullshit. You know, I had teachers in high school when they were teaching me history and social studies and on and on. They would say shit like, the most evil man in the world is capitalism. Which never made sense to me. These teachers are brainwashed when they go to school. Well, yeah, it starts early, man. This isn't new. This is, this has been going on. You know, I talk to my parents, and they're like, oh, we used to hear all the time about how the teachers would say, when you go out and you're celebrating Fourth of July, remember what you're celebrating, and just shit like that. You're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But it's just gotten worse and worse now because it's more praised. It's more... Um, it's more acceptable to say that a person's racist for loving their country. And honest to God truth, I don't give a flying fuck what anyone thinks of me. I love this country. We are in the best country that you could ever be, and I'm damn proud of that, and I'm never going to let anyone take that away from me. And I think that people need to start acting like that more. It doesn't matter what side of the party you're on. You need to realize this is all we have. But unfortunately, some people, man, it takes hitting rock bottom to realize they made a mistake. But what scares me the most is when it's too late to realize it. Sorry to go on a fucking tangent about communism. I would, we spent a good majority on that. But it's an important thing, man. People don't talk about this. Yeah, we, we, we may or may not have gone, gotten a little preachy here, but guess what? Sometimes you got to get yelled at a little bit, keep you on track. 
Well, yeah, and it's got to be very powerful. I mean, thank you, Austin, for sharing your story. That's actually, I think it's a big deal. I think people are really going to feel touched by it in some way. Because if you don't think about it and you don't go, damn, how crazy is that? And there's something wrong with you, in my opinion. Like, if you don't come away, or if you don't leave this episode with something from that story that Austin told, I might have to call you a socialist. I don't know. But, no, I really thought that was touching. That shit was fucking powerful. And uh, you know what? Maybe we were a little preachy, but who cares? Uh, I think that this is the perfect time to do it. People really need to start thinking about this shit, because, again, we're, like, that close, man, and it's going to be too late one day, and I'm hoping and praying it's not during my lifetime. It's that old, dumb adage, you can vote your way into communism, but you have to shoot your way out. Shoot your way out, exactly. (laughs) Shit, guys, thanks for listening. Um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I think that about covers it. What do you say? I think that's good. Absolutely. Uh, Austin, buddy, I'll see you on Monday. In the meantime, guys, please check out our backlog of episodes. You can check us out at thegreatgirthpodcast.com as well as our Facebook page. You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram. You can also find us on a, pretty much any streaming platform. Definitely check us out at Audia if you're interested in that. Please reach out to Austin Ryan. We'll get you set up with that. Otherwise, thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you Monday. <laughs>